let's demand better of these manufacturers. Okay. That's the radical responsibility I'm trying to empower people with, that you are in charge. You vote with your dollar. When it comes to what's in your kitchen, you choose. If you don't put this on the label, don't bring it in your house, right? Think about this. When kids beg us for stuff, guess what we get the choice to say? No. It's that simple. Welcome to What I Meant to Say. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, founder of Be Better Media and a mom of four, passionate about human connection. Throughout my journey, I have experienced many What I Meant to Say moments. But since life doesn't give us do-overs, I've created a space to reflect and tell our stories again with a little more grace for ourselves and the hope that we can help others and be better for having listened. Welcome to What I Meant to Say. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, and I'm here today with Kathleena, the allergy chef. And um, I am so excited to take this story in because when I started doing a little digging to uh, prepare for this conversation, I was blown away by your fortitude and your commitment to you know, healthy food and healthy living for kids. And um, we're both moms, so um, I get that passion, and I'm so excited to have this conversation. So thanks for joining me. It's my pleasure to be here. And I am likewise just, um, I love talking about it, right? The more people know, the more people can just start taking radical responsibility for themselves and their households and their kids and just being like, you know what? I'm in charge. I say what goes. Like, there's, oh my goodness, don't even get me started. Yeah, I know. I can tell we're, we're on the same page already. So this yeah. is going to be good. Um, <laughs> Well, I know that you're so motivated, you know, as a mother and having kids with some food allergies and things like that. But before we get into that, I would love to, for you to um, share with the audience a little bit about your story and how this all came to be. Yeah. So I have more than 200 food allergies and food intolerances. Contact an airborne allergic to several of those things. Can't drink most water. In fact, I can only drink one water source in the world. I'm allergic to the processing of water, not the actual water. That's like a whole story on its own. Um, I have to wear a full face respirator usually to leave the house safely. That was not very fun, especially at first. Uh, a lot of di- discrimination. You'd be surprised the stuff people are willing to say and do. Like when you're just trying to breathe, I'm like, do you treat people in wheelchairs like this? Like back up, you know, like it's seriously wild. Seriously wild. Um, I was given 30 days to live because my condition got so poor. Um, I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of symptoms that are all non-traditional as well as traditional ones, you know, including anaphylactic shock. Like it's it's quite the ride. Um, I've been sick my entire life. I've been misdiagnosed my entire life up until, I guess, well, when I finally did get the right diagnosis. What do they call that? What What is the diagnosis? So I'm basically allergic to everything. That is the diagnosis because every single symptom can be explained by the food itself. So my body's inability to process and digest the food, that is the actual diagnosis, if you think about it. Because that's that's where all the, the issues stem from. There's no like, I don't know, weird version of cancer or something that needs to be treated to then make everything else go away. It's literally, you eliminate the food, all the problems go away. Like it's, it's a very one-to-one, yeah. Yet you're sitting here and I'm looking at you and your skin's glowing and you're having this conversation and you're crushing this business. So like, you know, I, I try because like my whole thing is, is I just learned this recently. I didn't know this about myself. I mean, I knew it. I love proving people wrong and I love shoving it in people's faces, like politely, of course, like I need to put that out there politely. I'm not a jerk about it. Yeah. I didn't know this. Apparently that's like spiteful. Apparently I'm a very spiteful person, <laughs> but I mean, if there's a way to be spiteful for the power of good, 
that's me. Because I'm like, when people are like, oh, you can't have, you know, cake because you're, you know, gluten-free and dairy-free and egg-free and allergic to these 17 things. I'm like, um, excuse you. No, no, no. We will have cake. Like, give me the list. Let me find some workarounds. There's going to be cake because I said so. And because you said I couldn't do it, I'm going to do it just for the, the, like, the experience of shoving cake in your mouth, right? Like, absolutely. Right? Like, and, and at the same time, though, I have this, like, massive thing about, like, like, one of my kids, for example, you can probably relate. One of my kids is, like, he grew up mega defiant, right? Yeah. He was a difficult child. He's Mr. Low No Sugar. Finally found out where all that defiance came from, right? Which is a whole nother story. But as a kid, I had nicknamed him the King of the Justice League, but not in a nice way. Because he was the kid where if he was in trouble and you knew he was in the wrong, he would defend his point. Like, it was the hill he was oh, going yes. to right i can completely identify right yeah. yes it's like i feel like every any any parent of multiple children we all have at least one of those kids right yeah. and so he was king of the justice league but i will admit this much i too am a king of the justice league except i know when to stop when i'm wrong right like that's the key yes that's when maturity it, right yeah. when it comes to like the stuff and food right like people they, they hear my message and they think they get me, but they really don't. See, they think I'm saying we can't have cookies, cake, and ice cream. I'm saying eat all the cake and ice cream you want, but do it with better for you ingredients. Don't eat all these cancer-causing ingredients. Don't eat all these pesticides. Don't eat all this toxic. Like They're literally feeding you toxic soup on a plate and calling it cake. Okay, what if you could have your cake without the toxicity? That's what I'm trying to say over here, right? I'm saying nourish yourself because we do that to babies. And then it's not, like at some point, not only do we stop picking our children up, right? There's a moment where you literally never carry your child again. It's kind of, kind of a trip. But there's also this moment where we go from organic everything for my baby to here's your Cheetos. Like what? Yeah. What just happened here? You know, and then we look at how sick everyone is. We've never had this much obesity, this much sickness, this much cancer. And I'm not saying it's all food, right? It's it's all five pillars. It's air, water, food, movement, medicine. It's all five of these things that work together that nobody's looking at. And people who do, you either call like a crazy person or like the medical establishment is like, no, 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 that's not true, right? There was this really cool documentary years ago done in the UK where a group of scientists who were very like, no, 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 that's not true about everything. They finally decided, you know what? We're going to band together and we're going to prove you guys wrong. They weren't rude about it, though. They were really cool about it. And so they said, let's look at these toxic items. And they looked at them standalone. They said, see, look, our point is correct. These items individually, they're really not going to harm you. But then they had to do what everybody was harping about when you put them together, which is what they're doing to us. So they did. And guess what? proof was in the pudding that stuff was so harmful and of course the group of scientists were like we had no idea we didn't think there was any way this was possible like they they were really polite about putting their foots in their mouths and eating crow right? like they were really that's, nice about it that's huge it right. is it is right yeah. but I, I wish more people knew about this because it was just like this one-off little thing but i mean i'm glad i got to see it but it's the fact that it it happened and they literally proved what we've all been saying. No one is studying the combined effects. Nobody knows what happens when you do this, 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 and this all at once. Nope. Like, actually, we do know, but we're not willing to say it out loud. Look at how sick our children are. One in five with this. One in 10 with this. One in 12 with this. 50% overweight or obese. All these kids are sick. You've got all these sudden deaths of children and babies and even adults. Like, all this stuff, right? Nobody wants to talk about it. 
but that's where it's coming from. So if we can take radical responsibility for ourselves and say, this stops now, I'm in charge, right? It's like, you want to know who I am? I think maybe that's who I am at my core. This stops right now. I'm in charge. I did the research. I'm going to use my common sense. I'm going to use some critical thinking. And I'm not going to like take your toxic soup as like the end all be all just because the TV told me to. Like, no, 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 no. We're not playing this game. Yeah. We're not. And becoming your own advocate. I love what you're saying about that. And it takes serious internal fortitude in today's day and age to do that because there's a medical system. They're, they're just the powers that be out there, their money, ego, all these things wrapped up into what we're being fed. And that radical responsibility you're talking about, if you're helping, you're helping empower people with that message. But how do you do that? Like specifically with your business? And um, I would say, you know, the resources I give people, I definitely um, put that in there. Like that's really my underlying messaging all the time, but yeah. I never like overtly tell people what to do. And, and that's really a huge thing for me. I never want to, number one, use absolute reasoning because I think that that's false. Nothing yeah. ever applies to everyone equally all the time, period, right? No two people are the same. And if, you know, like the medical establishment already doesn't want to recognize that. And I'm over here going, um, hello, I'm like the walking exception of everything. So of course I'm going to believe in like no people, no two people are the same. So giving people that message, I'm um, telling people like one of my key messaging things. And I was, you know, it's so funny. I was almost late to this meeting because I was like right in the zone and I was typing up this, I was like on a soapbox rant, like duh, 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 doing my thing. <laughs> yep. And then I look like, Oh, Oh my goodness. Look at the time. And I like, you know, stop. You're, you're but, slow. Yeah. <laughs> right? But what I was typing was literally, Doctors work for you, hire and fire as you see fit. It's something I keep telling people over and over and over again. People don't realize it. It's like with your insurance payment, you're paying their bills. With your out-of-pocket copays, you're paying their bills, right? Like you literally hired them. If you had a maid come in and you said to her, the bathroom is filthy and she cleaned the garage. Well, number one, you'd thank her for cleaning the garage because maybe it was filthy too, but she didn't do what you asked. Would you keep bringing her back and spending your hard-earned money on this maid? No, of course not right? Like if we buy something that's defective, we return it and get our money back. But for whatever reason, when someone has initials after their name, we're like, I'll just accept subpar service. Uh, no, actually, you don't have to. Hire and fire as you yeah. see fit. And, and accept what they, when you accept what they have to say at the expense of your own intuition, right? I mean, yeah. I've been in that position a million times with your kids and yourself, right? Um, not as much as you'd think, but oh, cool. I will say this. It's not because we had awesome doctors. It's because I was like, yeah, no, I don't believe you. See you later. Like, I'm going to do the research. I'm going to know what's up. I'm going to cherry pick who we work with. Like, okay, so rewinding a little bit. Because mm -hmm. you asked me originally, like, what's your story? And see, the thing is, is I grew up in a very abusive household. I grew up in a really weird situation. I grew up in the kind of situation where... I saw all the things wrong with the world. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna stand for this, right? Like, no, 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 no. Like I saw everything that you could say no to. And so it made me, like, when I say I was born a skeptic, I'm actually not joking. I came out of the womb, born a skeptic, right? When I was a child, um, they would spell in front of me and I was so offended that when I was two years old, I taught myself how to read. Now, I will admit, I do have a higher than average IQ, but, 
I'm also not lazy about it, right? Like, I feel like there's these weird balances. Like, you can be smart and do nothing with it, or you can be smart and do everything with it. And I was like, you want to spell in front of me? Fine. Watch me learn how to read and spell just to shove it in your face. And see, that's where that sort of thing started. But then, of course, the sad part of the story is I was the idiot child who the next time they spelled in front of me, I was like, ha, I know what you just said. And then they stopped spelling in front of me, and then I felt like I had wasted all my time. I was like... <laughs> this learned how to read for nothing right like <laughs> my child logic at the time i mean now of course i'm grateful but back then i was so mad because i did all that work anywho i say that to simply say the reason i don't get bad doctors is because i have no no nonsense like i'm not gonna take it you know and i think we live in a society of pushovers right yeah. we just do and and a lot of people say well the system is broken and i'd actually challenge you with this question is it broken or does it work the way it's designed by the people who designed it right like when you stop and start thinking think about how toxic food is and how it keeps you just sick enough to keep going and then you think about how you know these supposed medicines come in and rescue you but then you read the list of side effects so it's like you take a for b but then you have to take c for b and then you have to take d for c and so on right so you're stuck in this wild little cycle that's literally been designed for you by a bunch of people like 100 years ago, right? Because now we're almost at the 100 year mark when the big changes in like pharma and education and all this stuff happened. I'm talking I'm talking so big picture right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love but, it. I'm, I'm on board for sure. Like we're almost 100 years into this system that's been designed for us. So at what point do we, the people in the system say, yo, I'm out, I'm done. Like hard pass. You can take your materialistic things and keep it over there. I realize money makes the world go round. I'm not naive about it. We all need jobs to survive. We need money to survive. Nothing is free, right? Like there's actually some people out there, they're like, everything is free. I'm like, no, it's not. Uh, you either paid with your time or your money, but you paid somehow. Nothing is free, okay? So I recognize everything costs something, but then we have the amazing choice to say, what am I going to do with my hard earned time and money? Like, what will I do with these things, right? Do I want to run the rat race? Is that the lifestyle I want to live? Or do I want to find five friends and go buy a farm, right? Like, we have that power. And the thing is, is that, and I think this for me at least goes back to, again, my childhood. I hate being powerless, mm -hmm. right? When you are a kid and somebody likes to beat the crap out of you, there's two types of kids. There's the kids who shut down and I respect them because I've been in their shoes, literally, and there's the kids who will not be a victim, and I respect them too. It doesn't matter how you come out of it as long as you come out of it, right? Like, it's never an easy situation. Yeah. But I feel like the world is shutting itself down. Like, people are so inundated by all these messages, even in, like, the non-toxic space. There's this dude who walks around without a shirt on, and he's, like, mega ripped, which good for him. Yeah. But he's like, you can't eat the seeds from fruit, not even kiwi. And I'm like, dude, What's better? People not eating kiwi at all or like your way? Like, do you know what I mean? Like how many people would just go, oh, well, then I just won't eat fruit because this dude who's mega ripped said not to. Like, dude, yeah. you're hurting people with this messaging. And so people are like seeing these people now like going through grocery stores going, look how bad this is. Look how bad this is. Look how like, and they're saying, look how bad everything is without ever going, but here's the alternative. But instead they're like, here, buy my $10,000 program and I'll tell you what to buy. And I'm like, how about you just walk them through a, na a natural grocery store instead? Like, take them to a farmer's market. At least tell them something, right? Like, give them a little bit of hope and at least tell them where to find their power. Like, 
that's that's yes. what me like and and you asked how i did this through through business and yeah my really long answer i tell people where to find their power because if i do it for you i hold all your power i don't want to be in charge of that that's why i never understand like greedy people who want to like rule people and rule the world i'm like have you people not raised children and seen how exhausting it is to be responsible for other people? That's exhausting. Exactly. Responsible for yourself. That's like, right. That's my real goal. So I am the type of person who will lead you to the water, but I will never make you drink. If you don't want to take your power back from big pharma and big ag and big whoever else, and big education, fine. Right? Right. But just know you're going to pay for it one day. Your kids are going to pay for it. Kids are already paying for it. So you're either going to be part of the problem, you're going to be part of the solution, you know, and, and the unfortunate truth is we look at like, even just all the hormone disruptors, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and yeah. this is again, big picture. Okay. And this is something, this is like a little passion project of mine that I bet you'd be in with it for me too. Yeah. I really want to help women, especially, um, and families take radical responsibility for themselves and their households. Right. But it starts with dads. It starts with men being strong leaders and actually being strong men. But how many men have like their testosterone in the garbage, right? Like if you're a dude with low testosterone, you can't function as an actual man, okay? Now, I know we're gonna sit here and you're gonna have people talking about gender equality, this and that. You know what? I'm gonna tell you the thing nobody wants to tell you out loud. The genders are not equal, period. You will not find a man giving birth and raising children just how you're not going to find a woman or at least not most women working an oil rig okay it is okay that i don't want to work an oil rig and that i am not physically built to work an oil rig i'm actually okay with that see when i was younger i wasn't okay with that i was like equality like i'm just as good as but see the thing is is they're delivering the message wrong they need yeah. to be telling us it's okay that the genders aren't equal because we are equally strong at different things that's the actual message that nobody wants to tell us. Because here's the thing, when people start embracing that truth, when men start realizing, oh, I need to get my tea up. I need to be a strong man. I need to lead my family because that's what men were made to do, right? They are biologically designed to protect and provide, okay? Not necessarily nurture. Some men are born that way. Some men are natural nurturers, and you're going to meet a few here and there, but not a lot. And some of them learn it, and some of them are happy to do it for their own child, but not all children right? That's why you don't have a lot of men who are school teachers. Why? Women are just naturally better at being like, let me gather all the little chickens and ducklies and, and teach them all, right? Like, yeah. you can naturally do that, okay? Most men can't, and that's okay, because I'm not working an oil rig, Wendy. I'm just not. And I'm you know what? I, I love that message, and I continue to say, I don't want to do it all, yeah, like I don't I want to girls, I you know, women in their twenties and strong women, right? Yeah. We're all strong women. Lead from your strength, your yeah. strength, not what the world is telling you you need to be strong about. And let me tell you something: strong women in their twenties, then they say, "Oh, no, I'm not going to get taken advantage of." If you are not looking for that strong connection with a strong man, you will end up very, very tired twenty years later. You will for sure. And it's, you know, it, we, it, it's actually like a 50 year issue. Just how it took us almost near, we're almost at the hundred year mark. We're at, we're at 80 years now. We're 80 years into this disaster as we can call it. It's going to take us almost 50 years to get out because we have to now start working on the young women now 
who are of you know childbearing ages who want children right we need to teach them how to raise their families we need to be working on boys and men right now we need to be working on current dads future dads right like this is such a big society issue that we need to shift because we need men being men we need women being women we need them raising their children and their families to be strong educated critically thinking individuals who can do big things who you know maybe a maybe a little girl wants to i don't know run a farm when she's 25 and then raise a family when she's 35 right but let's give her all those tools so that she can do those things there's no reason she can't right, right. and just how maybe you've got a boy who wants to be a fashion designer at 25 and then go be a strong dad who provides at 35 same deal give them all the tools right let's yep. give these kids a fighting chance let's stop adulterating their air water food movement medicine let's get them out of these cycles same thing for current parents like how many people have never read the side effects of some of the stuff they're pushing on people most people never have most people don't even realize their side effects because they don't even know to ask right yep imagine this imagine if every 12th grader in the entire world instead of doing year 12 now we do a year of critical living Right. People like you and I go in, we teach them critical thinking. We teach them how to actually grocery shop, how to read a label, how to feed themselves well, how to actually think about how to find someone that matches up with them. And, you know, do I even want kids? What might that look like one day? Like, let's actually teach them how to for reals live. None of this nonsense. Right. Not teaching them how to pass a test. Like I'm all for test taking and what have you. But here's the thing. One of the biggest lies pushed on society was that everybody has to go to college. That's such a lie. No, 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 no some people need to go to college not everybody does this idea that you're going to fail if you don't go to college i'm so sick and tired of this messaging because all we've done is produce an entire generation of people that are full of so much debt and so much worry and so much stress and most of them hate the degree they got anyway like it was a waste of time energy and money and so it's like why aren't we just going back to the roots like vocational school let's give kids that gap year they're not going to die because they took a year off to figure out what they want to do in life now kids who sit around and play video games all day that's a whole different story like get your butt up go do something right <laughs> yeah but there's a balance to be found here because right now you've got all these kids who are like doom and gloomers at like 22 they're ready to just go jump off a bridge and i'm like where's your gumption right yeah i mean it has been knocked out of that generation i mean it is a scary place to be right now when you see the statistics and even the stories that you come into in daily life talking to that that generation, Gen Z, millennials. I mean, it is a very stark, dark picture right now. It is, and I, I don't want to say that it's a lost generation, but I'm not gonna lie to myself and say that they're easy to save. They're not. Yeah. I think it's, I think most of them, unfortunately, are a lost generation because so many of them, it's like, I'll give you a personal example. It's not one that I talk about often. It's not one I share pretty much ever. I generally go to bed every day feeling like the most worthless, useless human being. That's the messaging I got my entire life, right? When you're told something your entire life and you never have a chance to believe something different, even as an adult, even if you can with your logic brain go, you know, maybe that's not true. Like maybe I did something helpful today. It's really hard to fight that internal programming that you've been given since you were born. Right. And so, I can empathize with these kids because they've been given a specific set of messaging literally their entire lives. And, you know, you couple that with the fact that their brains and bodies have not developed properly. You know, there's these really cool studies that show that 
Electronics, for example, literally jack up kids' brains before age 12. And here we are giving babies and toddlers devices. You are literally messing with their hardcore wiring. You're messing them up for life, right? And yeah. we live in a society now where people feel so overwhelmed where they're just like, I don't know what to do. I just give my kid the tablet. And it's like, I hear you. I do. But if you can like push through the 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 changeover that takes a few months and like get rid of all this stuff in your house and fill your house with like books and wooden toys and all sorts of things like paper and pencils and crayons, like all the things, right? And I, just let your kid be bored, like push through. I promise you on the other side, it's different. Here's the thing. Uh, so my kids are not biologically mine, which I think you probably read. Okay, yeah. But um, their mother was like super off the deep end, crazy, wild, insane, like seriously jacked them up. Like handed them the worst possible future ever. And so one of my kids, when I took TV away, right? Cause mind you, I was like figuring everything out. And one of the things I was like, I don't like the TV's on, like we're turning this off. In fact, we're cutting cable. This is back when cable was a thing. Mm -hmm. I got rid of TV, all the things. And, and so to help my kids transition, I said, here's the deal. For every one minute you want TV, you have to read for one minute. You can read anything you want. Dictionary, you know, sci-fi, whatever. I'll buy you any book you want. We can go to the library as many times as you want. Like I made it easy, focus on the quotes. I made it easy for them to earn their minutes, right? And I gave them a one-to-one. -one. I didn't even say something like, you know, five-to-one, right? Which you can do, but yeah. you know, meet your kids where they are. So I said one-to-one. -one. The oldest sat in my arms and cried for hours. He didn't read. Okay. All he had to do was go and read to get the TV back on. Uh-huh. He just sat broken and sobbed in my arms for hours. That is the state of today's children, right? That these kids, they are so internally broken and defeated. And it's our job as I don't know. We're I mean, you and I aren't even really community elders. We're not really old enough to be the community elders. But at this point, we kind of are like the community elders of old who are like, hey, yeah. here are the ways to raise your kids yeah and we remember the time because even we were talking about the ages of our kids we remember the time raising them that the screen wasn't i mean the ipad and the iPhone. it was pre-ipad iphone for oh at least when they were little and yeah. i remember the tv battle and we would do like one month we do a, a tv free month and noticing all the things that they learned in that one month yeah and a they lot still of people remember it they still remember it Oh, that's a what learned people, how to play cards. Or, yeah, yeah. Exactly. A lot of people are shocked. Um, there's this one lady. I saw this thing that she had shared. She's like one of those grassroots ladies, like modern day. You'd love her if I actually knew who she was. I just saw the one clip. <laughs> but um, she was sharing that with her toddler, they only allowed like less than two hours of TV an entire for the entire week. Mm -hmm. And she said, just taking away that little bit, we saw a huge shift in that child. And I thought, wow, because I'm of the mindset, like, I think little kids could handle an hour or two of TV, like gentle TV. Yeah. Because yeah. right? that's part of it, too. Like today's TV is set to like literally mess with your child's um, like uh, their nervous system. Right. Oh, it, it plays with fight or flight. So TV for little kids, especially under like the age of eight, it should be gentle and slow moving. When there's those hard cuts and uh -huh. all the action, it literally triggers fight or flight. And so as parents, we see kids literally on the edge of their seats and shaking, and we think, oh, they're engaged with the TV. They're literally getting jacked up. Their nervous system is literally being ramped up 
to keep them in front of the TV. It is done by design. But when you ramp kids up that way, you're messing with their adrenal systems, their nervous systems, you know, you're messing with their core function systems. And then we have kids who have, who have these massive meltdowns and we're going, I don't know what happened. Oh, don't, don't you remember that? The video games in a hot second, play a video game too long and then try to take your kid off of it. Yep. And the, and, and the thing is, is like, if you introduce these things when they are considerably older, the reaction is 100% different because their brain has a chance to actually grow and develop properly. But when we're taking these underdeveloped brains and hijacking their natural systems, man, you messed a kid up for life. And I don't, I, I can honestly say, based on, based on personal experience and the research I've done, it is more than 50% difficult, so think hard mode, to get these kids back to normal. And some of them will never go back to normal, ever. They'll always struggle with one thing or another. Yeah. And it's because we did this. Like we all had a role to play. Yeah. And now we have to all take radical responsibility and say I'm out. Right. Yeah. And it's hard. Like I am not going to lie to you and be like, it's so easy to take TV away from your kids. Uh no, it's hard. Especially if you have a partner who's addicted to TV too. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yes. Right. So it's like you gotta <laughs> yeah. get everybody on board, right? Yeah. Or at least get them to agree, like, you're not gonna look. I'm in charge of TV then. If you don't want to say no, fine. Send them to me and I'll say no. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it, it takes that They know how to play their parents. Let me tell you that. To anybody listening, you know they know how to play you guys. Because um, my kids were the type where if they needed something serious, they knew to always call me. Right? Like, you know, I need a ride home or um, I need this thing. Like, whatever they act like actual need. They knew who to call. Okay? Mm -hmm. If they wanted to go to the arcade, they called their father because they knew he'd say yes. They just knew. They'd be like, hey, dad, uh, can we go to like Dave and Buster's tomorrow, please? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 we could do that. And and can we get cheeseburgers while we're out, dad? Like they knew who to ask. Uh -huh. They knew what I would have said. I would have been like, we can go to the park. We'll go to the beach. Well, like I would have offered them the natural alternative and organic food. That would have been my response. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, it, it, it's the yin and the yang. I mean, I, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. But when you look at what you've done and you're like, I love everything you're saying about this radical responsibility and you've taken all those, everything you just said and applied that in the kitchen. And I want to get into like, people don't understand I think a lot of parents, I know I didn't when my, I, I went, I did a elimination diet with my fourth and I didn't either. Little, and when I finally turned around and I have a picture of him standing in the kitchen, holding a stock of broccoli and looked like he was getting ready to eat a popsicle. And I was like, oh my gosh, it actually works. But it was tooth and nail to get to that point. Right. Yeah. And people don't realize that a lot of their kids behavior is so rooted in the, what they're putting in their body. 100%. So right? there's allergies right? and intolerances. So I'd yeah. love to like help people understand that and like give them hope. Yeah. And so I think it it's important to take a bigger step back and understand that, you know, kids unfortunately are not born equally. And what I mean by that is all moms handle their own selves differently. So if you're a mom who loves eating foods that honestly they're not even like they're like franken foods at this point right yeah that's gonna pass on to your kid i'm not gonna lie to you like i'm not gonna sit here and pretend it's not that doesn't mean you can't fix it later you're gonna have to work really hard at it but it's a thing 
Whereas, you know, you've got these grassroots moms who are like, I'm not eating anything if God didn't make it and it's not organic. Their kids are born a leg ahead. That's just the hard truth, right? Because not only that, but when we look at the kitchens of these moms, you know, your grassroots mom, she's got like fresh pressed juice and, you know, organic produce and grass fed meat. Like that's what she's feeding her kid. That's what her kid is literally growing up on these foods. It makes the, the long run so much easier. Whereas the moms who either don't know or don't care or, you know, whatever, whatever the reason is, I'm not going to, I'm not judging because nobody knows what they don't know. But those moms, they've been chemically engineered. They don't realize it, right? So let's say you are, um, you've literally just fallen pregnant, okay? And you're eating chemically engineered foods, okay? And we have to recognize this for what it is. These fast food joints, things that you find in a standard grocery store, big box cereal, you know, things with all these hard food dyes, you know, these far factory farmed animals, all this stuff. That's what I'm referring to when I'm saying these chemically engineered foods. These are foods chemically engineered to hook you, okay? When you even want to just dip your toe in the water, just look up what happens to rats and mice fed GMO diets and look at the amount of tumors that grow on these rodents, okay? That's what you're eating. Nobody wants to talk about it, and they want to put a little sunshine with a smiley face on it and say it's genetically engineered. No, no, no. These are hard engineered foods designed to hook and harm, okay? So that's what you've been getting your body adapted to. That's what you've been feeding your baby through the placenta, okay? Your baby comes out already chemically engineered, okay? We've already we already know that with all the toxicity moms are exposed to, and it doesn't matter if you're a grassroots mom or not, through air and water alone, Babies are being born with umbilical cords full of forever chemicals. Let that sink in. Forever chemicals in the umbilical cord. So we know we are messing up these kids right out of the womb, okay? Now we take that kid. Let's say chemically engineered mom is breastfeeding. Well, what's passing through her milk? Chemically engineered proteins and foods. You see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. So... This baby, let's say, let's say mom says, you know what? I'm going to do organic baby food. Okay, cool. Now kid gets a break and we're doing organic baby food for a while. But then maybe mom goes back to Cheetos and what she knows because that's what she knows, which I'm not judging her for. That kid is now eating chemically engineered foods all the time. That does not end well. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at modern day society. Look at all these depressed kids, overweight kids, sick kids. Look at them all. And you tell me it turned out fine. It yeah. didn't. Okay. And then if you really don't believe me, what I want you to do, I want you to go look at the Amish community. Either drive out there and actually meet those people or go watch a documentary. Mind you, they have some weird crazy in their own lives. But when it comes to air, water, food, movement, medicine, you realize the United States government's been studying the Amish for years and years and years and they refuse to produce the, re the results because they know that the minute that they do, it's going to prove what all of us crazy people have been saying. It's wild. You can't even find a case of autism in the Amish community. You've got to be kidding me. Allergies are almost non-existent in the Amish community. Crazy cancer is almost non-existent. All the stuffs that we're managing does not exist the way it does in the Amish. It is so rare with the Amish, okay? Again, I'm not going to excuse their emotional abuse of each other and all that crazy stuff. They got their own crazy to deal with. Yeah. But when it comes to the other bits... And you look at them, don't tell me we're doing it right.
when they're the ones who aren't sick. They're the ones who aren't slaves to big pharma and big ag, right? And so in people's kitchens, I'm basically trying to get people to be Amish with the internet, right? Like, <laughs> I like that. It's cool to have, you know, like your your smartphone where you can look up a recipe, but then at the same time, you're gonna wear your poncho that has the um, RFID, like electromagnetic reflective shielding on it, right? Like, you know what's so funny, sad, not funny, sad at all. It's actually the truth. I told my boys for Christmas this year, they're getting shielded underwear. They think I'm joking. I'm not. Because they like their phones in their pockets, right? And when you read, so here's the thing. I am one of those parents who will be disgusting and tell you like it is. When I see my boys with their phones in their pockets, I go, oh, that's a nice little case of testicular cancer you're growing there. Like I actually say this out loud. And then they roll their eyes at me, they huff and puff and they take the phone out of their pocket. Why? Because when I read about how young men especially are the highest susceptible group for testicular cancer, and one of the biggest things that can help you know, contribute to testicular cancer is keeping cell phones in your pockets. It's the same way I'm people have been getting these strange cases of cancers right where they keep their phones. So I'm like, why are we doing this? You know, I, I lead by example, you will not find a phone in my pocket ever. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe for like five minutes when I'm walking around and then it goes, it goes on a cabinet yeah. to the point where I'm always like, oh yeah, where put that, you know? Yeah. And I try to teach them that, but they're like, in my pocket so whenever i see them i'm like hey little testicles and they're like they get so offended they're like would you stop and i'm like stop putting it in your pocket and i'll stop saying it right um to the point where one of my boys every time he sees me he just takes it out of his pocket i don't even have to say anything anymore it's great like it's yeah really um, enough parents aren't giving it to their kids straight i think we have to give it to them straight right i'm not saying you need to scare your kids to death but at least give it to them straight and give them the solution, right? I tell them what's gonna happen if they do it. I tell them how to avoid it. But then, see, here's the thing about radical responsibility. I am not a dictator. That's where I step back. Yeah. My boys, guess what they still do? They still keep their phones in their pockets when I'm not telling them not to. That is their choice because they are young men, they are adults. I'm giving them space to take responsibility or not take responsibility. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not gonna get them shielded underwear for Christmas, because that's what they're getting for Christmas. But um, because once I found out that was a thing, I was like, because one day I was like thinking about it, I was like, wouldn't it be nice if I could just like shield them from it all? And then I was like, oh, oh my goodness, this is a thing. It's like a whole thing. And so I'm like, it's pricey. So I'll wait till Christmas, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I'm like in the kitchen. I, I feel like if it's, if you can get it organic, get it organic. If you can make it yourself, make it yourself, right? Here's the thing. I eat ice cream almost every day, but I make it myself. I eat cookies all the time. I make them myself. You will not find me, not just because of the food allergies, but also because like, when I look at a label, it's like, no, I'm good, right? I mean, yeah, so I mean, the whole middle section of the store, right? You can't read, you don't even know when you read the label, you're like, what is that? Here's the worst part. Actually, there's several worst parts. Number one, even natural stores, like your Whole Foods and Sprouts and stuff, even they're falling prey to it now. Like even stuff in those stores that used to be like, they used to like be holding the line for us in my opinion, especially since the Amazon buyout. I feel like Whole Foods just, even like a couple years leading up to it and then thereafter, man, they went down so fast. Like they are not holding the line for us anymore. Um, you know, Sprouts never claimed to hold the line, but they don't hold it even a little tiny bit. And I mean, okay, maybe a tiny bit. Uh, you still have natural grocers, they're holding the line, but they're so few and far between because it's like an independent chain that right. they're not everywhere. And the thing is, is big food, big ag, big pharma, they can't have natural grocers everywhere, right? For them to hold your power, 
you can't go to natural grocers. So it's like, we the people have to work so hard. And going back to that thing I was working on today, I'm like, wouldn't it be great if I could get a group of 20 million people who will boycott with me? Like if I could just lead us all in peaceful protest and just be like, well, every month we're gonna tackle something new. Cause here's the thing, again, I'm not saying don't eat cookies, cake, ice cream, cereals, and convenient products. I'm saying let's demand better of these manufacturers. Okay. Yeah. That's the radical responsibility I'm trying to empower people with. That yeah. you are in charge. You vote with your dollar. When it comes to what's in your kitchen, you choose. If you yeah. don't put this on the label, don't bring it in your house. Right? Think yep. about this. When kids beg us for stuff, guess what we get the choice to say? No. It's that simple. No doesn't mean you're going to hurt your child, right? We were told no as kids. It's okay to say no. One of the things that, you know, a friend of mine said recently, and I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty deep. She goes, one day I realized it is not my responsibility to make my child happy all the time. Yeah. And when I let go of that, it was so much easier to tell my kid no when they were begging me for sodas and chips and stuff. I was like, wow, that's, that's deep right there. Yeah. It's okay to say no, right? And at the same time, we owe it to our children and the next generation and our grandkids to fight for them, right? Our parents and our grandparents, they didn't they didn't go about this fight. And I don't blame them because I don't think they knew. Our yeah. grandparents did not know what was going on. It's why when you talk to people who are in their 80s or older, they think organic is a hoax because they grew up and everything was organic. That was the norm. So yeah. they don't realize the adulterating process that's gone on over the past 50 80 years right the course of their life our parents some of them believe it and some of them don't us well i guess it's kind of the same deal right those of us who do believe it those of us who do know i think we have a responsibility to the next generation to pay it forward and to fight as hard as we can I don't think we should have to take responsibility for our friends and neighbors who don't want to take responsibility for themselves. You know, for example, me going to the gym, I don't go to the gym for you. I go to the gym for me, right? Like my workout is not your workout, okay? My gun show that I've been working on, like one day I'm going to make it and it's going to be my gun show, okay? Yep. That's the thing. So it's like, I'm not asking you to fight for your friends and neighbors. I'm asking you to fight for you, your kids who can't fight for themselves yet, right. and your grandkids. Because here's the other thing, you know, I don't, I don't know if you have any girls. We've got I do. Two, two girls, two boys. Oh, you got it right down the middle. <laughs> I did. I got lucky there because it, it gives right. you a very good uh, cross section of everything you know, going on. Because I, I think about this more now that I'm older that I'm not a girl mom. We had one girl and well, technically two, but like one girl, but uh, I'm just not a girl mom. Right. I mean, Susie was already like a girl when she came to us like she was a girl's yeah. girl it was yeah. funny seeing the two of them interact because susie would be like hey let's go shopping let's go do this let's go do that and you know selfies and cute everything overload and i'm like susie i don't even what am i looking at you know like i'm not a girl mom at all yeah, we, um, we, we 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 trend toward the tomboy side all three of us <laughs> probably my oldest she has got a little more girly in her at now at 23 but yeah. my, my 18 year old from the time she was tiny would come in the bathroom and if I was putting makeup on, she'd just like, what are you doing? Like, I think my, my, so my 18 year old, she's the only girl. And I think she was maybe 17 the first time she legit played with makeup, you know, like it was, I, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, okay. There's stuff in there too. I know I, we digress. We could go down yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, there's I say that to say this though, yeah. here's what I, here's why I want us to fight for our own kids. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but if you have a daughter, her children, she is already carrying them. 
right? In terms of birth and development, her eggs are already in her. See, with men, the sperm essentially regenerates, right? You get a fresh batch, yeah. okay? Boys aren't born carrying the sperm that will create their children one day. Girls are born carrying their eggs already, which means wow. what people don't realize is that with men, they can improve the quality of their sperm, okay? You can take a standard American man who's like all the bad things and whip him into shape for two years, and then he can go on to have kids, and it'll be day and night in terms of quality of sperm, okay? And we know that birth rates are falling and sperm quality is falling, blah, 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 and we can digress on that too if you want. But going back to girls, and this is why we have to fight so hard for them, the quality of a woman's eggs, it never gets better. It can only degrade. People don't realize this. So going back to those you know, chemically engineered foods that moms are eating while their girls and their grandgirls are developing and then passing through the milk and then handing off those Cheetos, we're just constantly degrading them, right? We don't even realize we're doing it. This is, and remember when I said we need to be teaching this in grade 12? I don't know about you, but they didn't tell me this in grade 12, right? They're not telling people this. Why? Because they need to keep every generation hooked. They've got to keep you hooked or else they they go out of business. And that's that's ultimately what this boils down to, power and money and control, right? But people yeah. people kind of live in this weird fairy tale, like if it was bad for me, they wouldn't sell it, or you know, doctors only do good. Oh boy, is that the biggest lie you've been sold this week, right? Like, mm, there's so much falseness going on and people just don't know. Yeah. And it, it takes some bravery, though, to confront it's that intuition. Like, I feel I want to believe that most people have it deep within them to, to listen. But I never realized how when I started writing and going through things with my kids and really realizing my North Star really is generational healing. So it's no it us connecting on this conversation is no coincidence. Right. We were meant to have this conversation because. I never understood, though, when I started this, I thought it was all human relationship and how we talk to each other. And it is, but it's so integrated deeply into this capitalistic, like, I, I didn't realize how generational healing and conscious capitalism were so closely intertwined. I guess that's how I'd put it. No, and I, I would, I, I agree with you, like, probably 80% of the way. And okay. the only reason I have that other 20 reserved is because I think we can have both. I because, love it. You know, you look at like the natural and organic world, right? So look at farmers. Technically, they're capitalists. Yes. You have organic farmers. You can have people who legitimately care about our health and well-being and still earn a living wage. And enough to like pass on something to their, their future generation and build up a wealth and all the things. Um, that's why I have that 20% reserve. But I agree with you wholeheartedly, generally, just because most people in charge, most companies that are making all the money, you know, you look at who are the 10 biggest, who are the 20 biggest, they're the worst polluters, the worst, you know, adulterers. When we look at what they're doing and putting in food, they're the worst chemical engineers. They're the ones shoving GMs down everybody. So like, they're the ones causing all the problems, right? Could you imagine living in a country where it was the opposite? where the laws supported regenerative healing farming, where that was the standard. I mean, picture that for just a hot minute, where the standard 
was organic, where the standard was regenerative, where the standard is proper animal husbandry, where the standard is we look down upon factory farming. Oh, you're a factory farmer? We make that a derogative term. How dare you, right? You yeah. are you're a polluter. Like were we were we almost like collectively boycott that? Imagine the change we would have. You'd have healthier people, you'd have happier people. My goodness. Like it would be it would be night and day. You're it's such a powerful message and I'm going to tell you I was an ag business major. I were you really family, my family farms in the Central Valley. So I'm third generation. And this message that I have learned through raising my family and going through what I've gone through with my kids in so many times runs contrary to what has been practiced because, and I, again, going back, you go, okay, I don't blame people that came here to make a living. And, you know, there's so many great things I've learned from that, you know, the farming mentality, but what has happened to the soil, to the nutrient content, the chemicals that are sprayed. Do you know how many people that I've loved that I have seen you know, the autoimmune diseases, the, the Parkinson's, the MS, the cancer? Y you cannot tell me that this stuff is not directly related to losing people and to the sickness. Like I am wholeheartedly convinced and yet out there on a generational ledge going, I'm sorry, you guys. I, I have ultimate respect for the life I was given and, and the way I was provided for. And I also go, something's got to change. I'm on the ledge with you then. And I will stand on that ledge with you till, till kingdom come, because yeah. that, that's the only way we're going to fix this. We need to get more people out there on that ledge. And yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's some good ones out there. There's some good, I mean, I keep coming into contact, but the amount of time it takes to change the land and to, for these farmers to make it, like you're saying, it is such a huge capitally intensive process, but there's some good guys out there doing it. And my hat's off to them. Cause I'm it's years to fix these is. problems. And yeah. and it's yeah. wild because, you know, 15 years ago, you were called a conspiracy theorist. If you talked about the low nutritional quality of food, if you were talking about how, you know, a peach, your grandpa, you'd have to eat 10 peaches today to get the peach your grandparents ate one. Okay. Like people don't realize how big of a deal that is because when you're not being nourished, you can't function. Going back to the fact that, you know, one of the ways we fix this is to heal men, right? Physically heal men. That's what yeah. I mean by that part. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm sure a lot of boys and men need some emotional support too. Yeah. But, you know, you look at all these men with female type hormones running through them, they need physical healing before they can truly tap into that male potential and be like, oh, I'm a brave dude. I'm a provider. I'm a, you know, I'm all these things. Yeah. And so when we're not nourishing them, right, when we're literally pumping them full of toxicity and crazy wild hormones and stuff, they're never going to heal, which yeah. means they can't lead their family. They can't be a strong example to their young boys, right? We're, it's yeah. got to, it's got to start somewhere. The ship has to start somewhere. It does. And I want to take your whole message and just wrap it up and put a bow on it because it is so powerful and so amazingly strong and so aligned with what I think that um, I'm, this connection is unreal. Like I think we, well, we could, could, go, we we could do like 10 real. chapters on this. Yeah. Like um, we, we could take over, we could start our own little commission, like do stuff and like, yeah, like, yep. no, I'm, I'm serious. If I can get 20 million people to follow and be like, Hey, 
every month we're boycotting something. We are producing change because the buck stops with us. I think we could produce real positive change, right? I mean, you look at Europe. One of the biggest differences. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you about the worst part. I said there was multiple worst parts. One of the worst parts is that here in the United States, we have what's called grass, generally regarded as safe. I'm sure you're aware of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas over in the EU, over there, you have to prove safety. See, here they have to prove harm. There are two, like when you have that as your bar, it's so different because over there, they have to show before the, the item is allowed to be sold, the item really is safe. Now, are they really showing that? To a degree, they are. We know they aren't doing combined safety, blah, 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 all the things, but at least it's a step in the right direction. Whereas over here, they're like, oh, this new toxic thing you just made up out of thin air? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and sell it until we know it's harmful. Mm -hmm. Oh, 30 years later. Turns out you killed 50,000 people. Mm, we should probably take that off the market now. Yeah. You know, and the people don't realize, like, they like want to worship at the feet of the CDC and the FDA. And I'm like, you do realize that those same groups approved pretty much everything that's ever been recalled. Like, yeah. let that sink in. They're the ones approving it and they're the ones recalling it because yeah. they finally went, oh, oops, my bad. You can't worship at the feet of them. No, yeah. mm -hmm. no, you cannot. Yeah. And that goes back to taking your power back. Absolutely. And I want to grab onto one thing that you said um, about not being a dictator, though, because we all know raising kids, right? Yeah. Like we're in charge, but as they grow, they develop more and more minds of their own. And I know I saw on your website and part of your story that it said, um, you know, you had you'd done all the things with I think it was number four. Or three, I, I'm not sure. I can't remember. But like, I get the numbers mixed up. They, um, yeah, right. It happens to me too. Um, they, you had kind of basically cleaned them out, done the elimination, got them where they were feeling good, and then I know you said, but now he's kind of much oh, my way doing his thing. Number one, number, number one, one. Okay, living in the world. Let me tell you, that kid. Whoo boy, he he needs some male healing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, he refuses the lifestyle. And I'm not a dictator. I'm like, cool, you do you. I yeah. I gave you the right tools and you're rejecting them and that's your choice. Like, I don't yeah. have to pay for it. You know, it's the same thing for the kids who still live at home. They know it's very simple. Like, I mean, they have to pay rent, like not like crazy real rent. Like I make my kids learn responsibility and charge like a small percentage. And it really just helps cover like electricity and food bills and stuff like that. Yeah, but, and, how, um, and how old are they? Just because people- um, are Youngest is 18. Yeah. So they're all like, my 12 year old rent. Although I got to tell you as a homeschooling parent, um, I made my kids play the rent money game though. And that I think is something that every parent needs to be doing with their kids. So I gave everything a monetary value, whether it be chores, homework, um, extra credit that you could earn, et cetera, gave everything a monetary value. And at the end of the month, they had to pay, um, imaginary rent basically. And so if they went to school, they earned minimum wage. They, um, they, could make, they could make money boosting skills. They could make money doing chores. They could make money doing extra things. They could save their imaginary money. They could trade imaginary money between themselves. Um, and at the end of the month, they had to pay rent, their phone bill, their internet bill, et cetera. And if you didn't pay rent on time, um, number one, there was a fee after five days. But number two, you lost services. So one kid who didn't want to play the game, they thought they could get away with it. I won't throw this kid under the bus, but they thought they could be smart. And I said, all right, rent's due. And they were like, I don't have rent money. And I'm like, internet's off. And I literally changed the Wi-Fi password. I'm like, you're out. And they were like, but I'm like, when you can pay the rent, it goes back on. 
I'm like, don't make me take other services. I will take other services. They knew I was serious. And so rent money game became a thing and they had to keep ledgers and they had to learn the value of their time and money and they had to choose how to spend it because one kid knew how to game the system. He was like, if I rush through this, I can do this other thing. And they knew that there were certain things that they were allowed to stack. And so he was like, I'm going to stack these two things to make my rent money faster so I can go do what I want to do. And you always see their little personalities come out when you make your kids play the rent money game. Anyways, I make my kids pay real rent now um, and a small amount, just enough to cover stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they know the rules. I refuse to pay for junk food, period. Right now, I know some people like to say there's no such thing as junk food. I think there's junk ingredients. I think ice cream is on the table. They know I will not buy non-organic ice cream. You want the non-organic stuff? Go buy it yourself. Right. You want pizza from that place over there? Go buy it yourself. I'll buy you an organic frozen pizza and that's it. Right. They know what I'm willing to spend my money on. They have to be willing to spend their money if they want degrading ingredients. Plain and simple. Like I will buy you whatever you like. One of my kids is like addicted to jelly beans. I'm like, I'll buy organic jelly beans, but if you want the other stuff, you got to go pay for it. And they're like, yeah, okay, I'll take the organic one because they're saving up for a car. I'm like, okay, right? I'm all about choice because like you said, I'm not a dictator. I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to, what am I going to do? Pop your tires and be like, you're not going down to the store to buy soda. No, but I can, I can manage. I can work in the middle. You know, I, I, yep. I can put down my hard line and say, I'm not crossing this line. You can go do what you want, but I'm not crossing it. Yeah, you know, it just popped into my mind. It's just manage and model, right? Like, yeah. that's what we can do. That's yep. what we can do. Because the control <laughs> thing, people think they either have lost complete control or they think they have so much control. And the truth is, as they grow up, you really realize, like, you don't have, it's not the control that you have. It's the bond, right? Yeah. It's the, have you ever heard the term rules without relationships lead to rebellion? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious when you think about yeah, it. That's sure. the reality. And I think it's the same thing with the health and wellness movement, right? When if we as parents are on devices all the time and eating junk food all the time, but then telling our kids, go eat your broccoli, they're going to be like, you're a hypocrite. I don't believe you. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we model it, like you said, they kind of go, oh, OK, I believe you. I don't know if it's for me, but I believe you. Yeah. When they are out with their friends, they're going to do what they want. Peer pressure is awful. They will do what they want. Right. Yeah. And so it's up to us to just keep supporting and providing. And and like I said, you know, when they're adults, you can still draw a line in the sand. Yes, they are in control of their money, but you're still in control of yours. Yeah. You're in control of what goes on under your roof. If you want rules under your roof for your adult children, it's reasonable. I mean, as long as they're reasonable rules, right? Sure. Like don't micromanage your adult kids. But yeah. you know, in our case, because of my health condition, there are just certain foods that never come in the house and they're adults and they know they still can't bring those foods in the house, right? Like it's just a yeah. rule that's always been and it's always gonna be, that's just the way it is. Um, and they're fine with that because you know there's an actual reason. And that's the other thing. I think some people, they just wanna like take control of their kids and never even explain why, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if you don't tell them why and you're just always like rah, 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 they're, they're gonna break free from that one day. Like mm -hmm. at least I tell my kids why. I'm like, you wanna see pictures of rats with tumors? Look, this is what happened. Like, and then they <laughs> kind of go, oh my goodness. And I'm like, that's what happened when you eat the GMOs. And they're like, I don't want GMOs. And they're like, okay. You know, it's it's like, all right, so kid three, Mr. Low, no sugar. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, no people being the same. So he was off of sugar at a very young age and it made a world of difference and that's great. Whereas kid two, there were very limited treats that you could get for him because of his food allergies. Well, one of his teachers at school when he was in school knew this and bought him a treat full of a bunch of stuff that I would never buy. 
Okay. And of course I didn't say no because someone else had bought it for him. It was a gift. It was really nice. And I just, I don't do well with that sort of conflict. So I was like, go oh, just put it in your snack bin. Yeah. Kid three, King of the Justice League, walk, grabs it out of his snack bin, walks up to me one day because I had been teaching him how to read labels. He goes, did you see this? Did you see what's in kid two's snack bin? And I'm like, yeah, I, his teacher got, did you read the label? And he starts reading me the label in his little cute little kid voice. And he's, and then he does what I did. He goes, such and such, that's sugar. And such and such, that's more sugar. And such and such, that's a chemical. And he goes through this label with me. When I said, just, just throw it away. <laughs> I couldn't handle the conflict. Like, do I yeah. One child or the other, I couldn't choose, and it was so hard. And I was just like, just throw it away. I'll just buy something else. I can't deal with this. And and that kid, I mean, he was on it. He was like, I can't believe this is in our house. You know? Yeah. And and that's the thing. I wasn't micromanaging, but he decided he was going to be the micromanager that day. Um, but that just shows you, they are paying attention, right? They know what's going on, and. And I think for the most part, if you explain to them why and what it means, but I also think too, like there's a balance to be found, right? Like we need to teach our kids, what is a calorie? Calories give you energy. Let's demystify it for them, right? You know, we need to normalize looking at bodies that are a normal size, right? I'm not talking about obesity. Like that's a whole other thing I could go on and on about, about how they are glorifying obesity right now. Listen, yeah. as someone who was once 450 pounds, I have every right to be on that soapbox. As someone who was made sick by the world, who is morbidly, super morbidly obese, right? I get to tell you fat is not cool, man. Like being obese, that's not cool. We, we don't need that. I think the way they're like body positivity, see, they're doing it all wrong. We need to be telling people, you are smart. You are brave. You are kind. You are bold. You are funny. Stop lying to them and telling them they're healthy. There's a difference. You can't be super morbidly obese and healthy. They don't go together, right? A little overweight. Yeah, it's no big deal. Like, mm, you're fine. But yeah. super morbidly obese, which is what they're doing. They're putting this stuff on magazine covers going, look how healthy she is. Girlfriend is not healthy. Yes. <laughs> she's probably got like some weird autoimmune disorder or she's like setting herself up for cancer or she's got this other thing and her joints hurt her back hurts and she's probably on some sort of painkiller and she's got like gi distress like she's not healthy she's yeah. looking pretty on the cover because they did all the stuff you know like no we got to stop with that yeah teaching our kids like what do these things do to our bodies and obviously age appropriate right you know, when we, when they're little, you can be like orange foods, like make your eyes like super sharp and like super cool. And, you know, purple foods really help your digestive tract. What's my digestive tract? You know, like they can make it fun for kids and help them understand. And then as they get older, you know, Im improve the quality of the message. So they really understand, like, you know, you know, we've got to build up your biome because here's what happens when you don't, you know, and, and telling them about all these other things. And that's what I did with my own kids, right? Like going back to the whole raising girls, you know, when, when our youngest was, I want to say she was maybe 16 or 17. I really, I sat her down and had a serious discussion with her about reproductive health. And, you know, not from like the birds and bees discussion, but really just saying, look, I don't know if you want kids. And I don't think you know either. I think sometimes you toy with the idea of it. If you even think there's an inkling of a chance you want a child, your eggs right now are the highest quality they will be ever, period. Heart stop. Everything you do negatively is degrading that child's quality of life in the future. You're either going to take care of your kid now or don't bother. Like, don't, don't know and not choose to do better. 
I said, you don't have an excuse because I'm telling you about it. It is your responsibility to do right by that child if you want to bring that child into this world. You do right by them right now. You stop eating that trash. Stop going out and buying soda with your friends. Start making the better choices. I'm not saying don't drink soda. I bought you guys a soda stream and I gave you all the recipes. Literally go make your soda, right? Or go yeah. buy the lollipops. Yeah, they cost a little bit more, but go buy your go buy the healthy soda. Dang, right? I'm, I'm addicted to those things right now. <laughs> right? Like, like I tell my kids, like, I know you want the things. Here are the things. Like, did you not see? I, I literally will fill the fridge with junk food, right? For them, not junk ingredients, but like treat convenience food so that they realize like, I can have my cake and eat it too. It just, you know, it's going to cost more or whatever. But no, I think we, we owe it to our kids and our grandkids to teach them how to fight for themselves and for the next generation. And it's the same thing with teaching them how to critically think. Schools aren't teaching this right now. It's ridiculous. Nope. These kids are going to school and coming out dumber than before. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What is this? Where, yeah. where did your critical thinking go? They don't know how to make decisions. No, and this is this is a generational thing, and then we're like in hyper post COVID. It's gotten oh, it's way worse. It's even worse. So yeah. I'm with you on. I mean, that is that's a whole subject in itself. But it's like that's that's the brain of our next generation, and they are. Well, not These are supposed to be our future leaders. I'm like, you yeah. cannot. Who are you? You're gonna lead like Humpty Dumpty or something like? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, what I love about your message is that you say all of this from experience. Like you're walking, you're walking the walk because all the stuff you're describing is not easy. Like no, 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 it's not. Energy and to see the energy you have that you put into this is so ultimately inspiring that I want to sit here and say like, and we didn't even tell your whole story, but if you can do it, like if you have this like shining energy to do this, like freaking come on people like well and i guess you know 200 things here's the message i really want to leave you with right i feel like this is the best way to to help people and leave them i'm not asking you to change everything overnight nobody does unless you find out that your child has like a newly developed food allergy like anaphylaxis your kid's gonna die that's the only time you change everything overnight i've actually had to do that for every other situation it's one thing at a time right it's as simple as every time you go to the store, number one, the first thing we're changing is you're buying organic everything. I want you to still buy cookies. I just want you to buy the organic ones. I want you to buy ice cream, but organic. I want you to buy milk, but organic. I want you to buy everything you normally buy, but just buy organic. Okay. I want you to ease into it. Then I want you to read like a label. I want you to start reading a couple of labels and then maybe realize like, you know, not everything organic is still good for me and asking yourself, could I make this at home? Do we really need this? Is there a better option? right? I don't want you to cut off your TV if you're like addicted. I want you to uh, start with a ratio that makes sense. For every one minute that you read, you get 10 minutes of video games, right? Start off with a high ratio if you need to and work your way to a one-to-one -one, and then work your way in the other direction. Work your way to the point where, you know, you get somewhere better. If you've got a kid who will only eat in front of a screen, same deal. Start them off with a sand timer, right? Tell them, we're going to sit down at the table together and when the sand timer is done, then you can pull out your iPad. Start them off with three minutes, right? Because some kids, that's all they can take before they have that meltdown. And we're going to push it to four minutes and then five minutes. And then we're going to get to the point where we say, we won't have the screen tonight, but we'll have it tomorrow. And then we'll get to the point where we finally only have it once a week. And then suddenly they stop asking. I'm not asking you to go hardcore overnight because if you do, you won't make it. I promise you that. Nobody makes it going hardcore overnight. 
because you weren't born into hardcore overnight. If you're born into hardcore overnight, it's normal. But if you're born into like sad American lifestyle, you got to pull your way out of it. And it's hard, right? It's And, and then what happens is, is you're going to clean up your food and then you're going to start cleaning up, you know, your cleaning supplies. When you run out, don't buy Windex again. Buy the natural alternative. I'm not asking you to trade out the whole cabinet right now. I'm just asking that when you run out, you just buy the new version, right? When your clothes get a little too old, now we're going to buy the organic clothes. I'm not asking you to change the whole wardrobe right now. But at the very least, start with organic socks and organic underwear because that's touching, like, your stuff, right? Let's yeah. at least put organic stuff on your stuff. You know, when your shampoo runs out, let's buy the organic one. Right. Like I'm yeah. not asking hardcore overnight. I'm asking for small, manageable change every time you go to the grocery store. And when you do that, here's what will happen. I promise you, if you stick with it after a year, you're going to get to a much better place. There was this really cool small documentary where they took a family of five who ate uh, standard food and they were in Europe and they did like the blood and urine test to see like how high the levels of pesticides, et cetera, were off the charts. OK, three weeks. Of organic eating and they were able to get everybody's blood levels of pesticides etc down to like way low levels a couple of the kids still had some spikes and so they knew they had to work on some things mm -hmm. but overall everybody's levels drastically dropped in three weeks that's what i'm saying if you take a year to just baby step your way through a year you're gonna have a whole new family in a year right and then when that year is up sit down and really analyze okay what do we still need to do does dad need to have higher testosterone? Cool, let's work on that this year. Does mom need to balance her hormones? Cool, let's balance that. Let's do that this year. You know, do we want to homeschool this year because we're sick and tired of the modern day school system and all this trash? Cool, let's look on that. Let's look at everything we want to accomplish. What do we want for our kids? And if you don't want to do that, don't do it. I'm not asking you to do what you don't want to do. Remember, I'm not a dictator. I'm not responsible for you and your kids. <laughs> like, I'm not. That's on you. Yeah. You want to do it there are ways to do it. Yep. A little bit at a time, a little bit at a time and consistent. I'm that's amazing. amazingly great advice and it is doable. So I, I, I love this message. And, um, I want to say one more thing, like one of my generational principles is everybody is doing the best they can with what they know. Yeah. And it's our responsibility to learn more. So 100%. when we learn more, we do better. And I, I'm so with you on that. Yeah. That's what I'm always telling people. Like, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not judging. No. When I talk about the chemical foods and stuff, I'm not judging you for eating it. What do you yeah. think I grew up on? You think I grew up on organic? Hard pass. Nope, I did not. Yeah. Right. And like to all my farmer friends out there, like that's the same message I have for them. Like, I'm not throwing shade at what you guys have been doing for generations, but we know better now. Yeah. So that is where I come from on that message. It's it's industry-wide it's family-wide it's you know it's, it's wild though okay. mm. to your point here's yeah. what's really crazy if you took the history of food and put it on a 24-hour clock we've yeah. only been doing all this wild crazy stuff for three minutes oh. isn't that crazy yeah. look, how, look how much change and damage we did in three minutes it's insane but that should give us hope like if on a 24-hour clock we're only three minutes in we can we can do this. We can this. We've got time. To, we got time to fix it. Yeah, we, so. can, we can get out of this hole. Okay. Well, with that, I I love that hopeful message, and I mean, this has been amazing. I want people to know where to find you, though. Um, uh, theallergychef.com. That's the best place to go. 
You'll okay. find the links to social media and uh, there's help for the newly diagnosed and there's loads of articles to read. And then from there, you can buy cookbooks if you want or check the e-courses or um, there's a raise membership. There's all sorts of things to look into, but start at theallergychef.com. Awesome. Well, I have a feeling this is not going to be the end, the last of this conversation. I There's so much here and I thank you so much for sharing it today. And um, thanks for joining us on what I meant to say. I'm Wendy Jones and I'm here to just remind you to be you, be real and be better. Thank you for joining us on what I meant to say. Another production of Inspired Edutainment brought to you by Be Better Media.